My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy, and with me today, Scott Pagliaccio. What's going on, everyone? Welcome. Yeah, we got we got a good one for you today. I mean, I, I always think that it's a good one, but like, so so so, so I'm gonna break it down. If you find yourself in like a Groundhog Day kind of situation where you wake up and you're like, ah, shit, I'm in the same pattern. Like whether you're you're dating the same person over and over and over again, getting into the same fights over and over and over again or like running into the same life situation like crap like i'm back in the same thing that i thought i escaped like last year but it's right here again it's back we are talking about how you break free and men this one particularly goes out to you ladies if you're listening of course this will apply as well but we're going to talk about from like the male-centered perspective because we identify as male that's our experience and that we it is what we can talk about in a meaningful way um, so Scott and I were tossing around a few ideas about how to begin here. And, uh, I guess I want to pick your brain about this first, man. What's coming up for you when you hear about this? Yeah. Um, I mean, the groundhog day thing resonates for me and I've mentioned this a couple of times very recently, the talking to some friends, talking to some colleagues, talking to associates, whatever, um, the universe will give you the same lesson over and over again until you master it and mastery of the lesson i believe is mastering my emotions and when i can how i get unstuck is feeling my feelings and moving through them and it's super painful and but the pain is the path and it's it's like not a magic trick um and sometimes i need some help you certainly have helped me through a lot of difficult times and i appreciate you rob that i mean really i i don't feel like i had the capacity to do it by myself i understand that it's my responsibility to be able to um and to not rely on someone else i mean and it's okay as a man for men that are out there listening and women to ask for help like that's the superpower being vulnerable saying hey i'm stuck here this hurts really bad I don't know what to do. And can you hold space for me? Just listen, uh, just see me in this. Maybe I want some feedback. I don't know. Um, especially for young people, man, this is a powerful tool. I think I see a lot of young people, you know, dissociating, checking out on video games, social media, and it's adults too. It's, it's human beings in yeah, general. All of us, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, I've experienced that Groundhog Day thing for a very long time and, and getting to the other side has been through um, being with my inner experience, getting help and uh, pushing forward. And then once I once I can break through, there's like a break. It's a breakthrough. That's it. Right, yeah, there's yeah. a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, there it is. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. Well, Scott, coming in with a 40,000-foot overview, I, I think that's a lovely breakdown of the entire process. And um, I want to touch on two things. I think first is like, hey, uh, life keeps on serving us the lessons that we need to learn until we learn them. Um, and, and there's this little note in there, like a side note around how, um, yo, 
if it takes us too long to learn the lesson, then the teacher that they send in is pain. Like you will experience more and more pain Fuck on the yeah. same thing until it's like, ah, oh, crap, I need to change something. But, but I also want to explain the mechanics of that. Like, how can we go from, oh, we're just experiencing the same thing into, hey, you need to sit with your feelings. Where, where's the connecting bar between those two things? And what I want to explain is that because our brains are pattern recognition machines, um, what's actually happening is just life is occurring. But our brains are interpreting what's going on as, hey, this pattern is happening again. And usually the patterns that our brains look for are based in bad experiences that we had in the past that we don't want to repeat. And sometimes it's irrational. Like um, for me, one thing that I noticed uh, in myself is I have a really hard time asking for what I want. Uh, I'll like sort of like hint at wanting it, but I'll never like directly ask it in the form of a question like, hey, I want to kiss you. Can I do that? Mm -hmm. Fuck mm. no, like that feels like I'm going <laughs> to die or like jump off of a waterfall. Like maybe I'll survive. And and I guess kind of bringing it to the second point here, like to give a, a better example from my own life. Um, I would say the most damning pattern that I've seen in myself is like without even noticing it, I'd slip into this sort of addictive cycle of like being in intense emotional discomfort, but not realizing it. And then lashing out at people, getting into fights and arguments, feeling even more uncomfortable in my body. Um, and, and then like, just, I used to just like chug sugar. I had like this five pound bag of Haribo, Haribo gummy bears. Like anyone who mm, knew me yeah. back in like my twenties was like, yeah, he rides shotgun with a fuck ton of candy. <laughs> and like, I just, I'd be chowing down on it constantly. Cause I needed that dopamine rush in order to feel better. But then that unhealthy eating was causing even more damage to my body. So like it was steadily escalating and getting worse and worse. I was seeing my relationships get shorter and shorter and shorter. At first I would be in a relationship for two to three years minimum. And then it was like six months, then like three months and then like two weeks. Like it's just constant fighting. Um, and you know, it took a lot of pain to recognize like that's my groundhog day. That's where I am consistently stuck and I can't seem to find my way out. Um, so we're talking about that. And, and I, I want to pass it over to you, man. Like what, what's your experience inside of that whole Groundhog Day experience? Uh, it was very similar inside of relationship. Um, I, for the majority of my life, uh, from the age of 12 till 36 was numbed out like hardcore. And so I, I never felt anything. And there was a lot of abuse in childhood. There was a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of abuse. And so I never really worked through those emotions. I just at 12 started smoking cigarettes and my dad's lucky strikes. And then it was weed and then it was booze. And then it was, you know, everything. And then, it, so it was, I avoided everything. And I was this, you know, supposed grown man. I had a, the body of a man, but I was, did not have the psychology of a man. And uh, it, it really came to a head um, in 2010, uh, when, uh, I got into some conflict with my wife at the time and it, it didn't end well. Uh, and I realized <laughs> that I, you know, I really realized then that I was the one common denominator and I really had something to learn. And what I started to find out, it was about my psychology and the, the, the deeper psychology. Like I, I was fit, I was sober. 
I was, you know, 10 years, you know, I raised three kids. I was a great father, really good at being a father. At times I was, you know, I was like a time bomb though. Like I couldn't be with, but I was starting to become aware, man. And it just, it was just that repeated pattern of being calm one minute and then explosive the next. And, you know, just my family not feeling safe around me. And I didn't get that because I'm a, I'm a great, you know, I'm a great husband. I'm a great father. Um, I was the best that I could be at that time. And I really was working on myself. I'd evolved. Like I said, um, I lost 50 pounds, let go of drugs and alcohol, mm. raised, you know, diving into my safe haven was my home with my kids. But I was also recognizing a pattern about, I saw this greatness in me. I saw that I was destined to do more than just be a truck driver. And I would venture into these different creative um, businesses and I would step in a little bit and then I would go, I would retreat back to what I was comfortable with doing because so much emotion would come up and it would stop me in my tracks. I was like, oh, this is, I can't do this. I can't create a, a kid's fitness business. I can't create a personal train or I did those things, but then continue forward. I would stop at some point because it was too overwhelming for my, my system. And then I would run the other direction and it had, it took a toll on my relationships, on my, on my family, you know, lost jobs, all kinds of shit went down. And so recently, I mean, it feels like very recently, like I just come to this conclusion or this, understanding or this embodiment that the the way through this is you have to feel your feelings, man. I mean, it's plain and simple. Um, I might've avoided it back then being fit, go to the gym, um, you know, for two or three hours and not really put the energy into my business. Um, I definitely put it into my, my kids and I, I did the best I could with my relationship with my wife at the time or, um, but I, I just realized something was missing for me. And I, and I, I went on this journey and I've been on this journey for quite some time just to be a better human being. And what I've come to, to in this moment is that feeling your feelings and being with uncomfortable um, emotions and not projecting them onto others, you know, and working with that, however, coaching, therapy, um, you know, meditation, Anything other than excessive pornography, um, video gaming, uh, drinking, drugging, you know, all of that stuff just distracts you from, and it'll, and it'll distracts you from being with your own experience. And it doesn't matter how much you try to fuck it, snort it, drink it, video game it, shop it, eat it away. It will be waiting for you right there right. to be addressed. And so... You know, hopefully that's helpful for the listener to kind yeah. of get a, an understanding. Yeah, I, I think, well, thank you, first of all, for sharing that, because I, I think mm -hmm. in, in hearing what you were saying, there, there's a note of like tremendous pain inside of the experience. Mm. And that's that's having me recall a similar sort of feeling on my end, um, especially when you're like, hey, once you're done, that feeling is just waiting for you. And mm -hmm. if you've ever had the experience of like, oh man, I don't know if I want to meditate that uh, like a version, like, or that feeling of, I don't know if I want to go to sleep. 
like you get real antsy and restless right before bed. You feel raw and like just every single day, like your nerve endings are frazzled and they're like anything that hits you hits really hard. You're lashing out. You get angry for no reason. And like it's it's small stuff. Some part of you knows that it's like a small thing. But like the meaning behind it, what it means to you is like it's disrespectful, right? It feels like Mm. an attack. If you're in that space, that is what we're talking about right here. And I think that ties nicely to the conversation of feeling it and sitting in the fire. Uh, But but I also want to like circle back to something you mentioned before. Hey, I'm I feel like a man, but I have the psychology of a boy. Like, how would you define the psychology of a man? Because I think that's really relevant to this conversation. How do we go from that boyhood psychology to, hey, I've crossed over this threshold. How does a man operate? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, the answer for me was to go through a rite of passage with with a bunch of safe men. And I did at the age of 53. Um, I'd been doing men's work for, for a while since I met Jason Gaddis back in 2015. He turned me on. I started circles at my house. I started researching rituals and rites of passage. Uh, for the listener who's interested, there's a guy, a uh, West African shaman, Maladoma Patrice Somme, that is just, that's the work that he does, man. And it's just, it's just brilliant. So I, I started diving into rituals and rites of passage. And inside of a men's group, that's kind of the work that we do. You know, we, it's a deeper dive. Um, so I started with doing, just joining a, a group and, and starting my own group because I was noticing men were showing up in my life that were troubled and they were dealing with the same things that I was and they wanted someone to guide them. And I, I was maybe a few steps ahead. So I'm like, okay, that's a sign. I'm going to, you know, I was scared or I felt the fear like, (gasps) can I, and then all of the inner critic, who do you think you are? And you can't do this. And I'm like, no, this is what I'm being called to do. I need to pay attention to this feel the fear, sit with it, breathe into it, recognize that's just energy in my system. And on the other side of that is freedom. These men are call are asking for me to serve. I, that's the way I saw it. So I'm like, okay, let me be with that, feel it. That dissipates. And then I step into this role of leadership. And I think that's the move. Like you want to be a leader. You want to be a warrior. You want to step into your king. You feel your feelings. Fears, it's not ever going to go away. You're just working with it. So these men would come into my life. I have them at my house. And then I was like, I want something more formal. Um, so I bought a, I bought a, how to men's group 101, how to start it. I started, you know, going deeper into it. Uh, then I was like, I want to see what it, what it's like from men who are initiated men have been through a rite of passage. And this is safe men, like men who have elders that have been through this, that study this stuff. So I joined the mankind project and I started with just being in community with these with these guys. And I was like, Oh, I love this man. Every week, you know, I would meet with him. We would do community outreach, building wheelchair ramps, like men in community with one another, sitting in a circle, solving problems, being vulnerable, practicing like in this dojo, sharpening our skills and building our muscle around being with our experience. So we could go home and out in the world and practice it and be safe out there as well. And then they had, they had a weekend the new warrior training weekend. And I was like, that was, I want it all in on that. I'm like, I want to go deeper. Like when, when you were coaching me the other day, you're like, Hey Scott, 
what do you want to do? Well, how do you want to go? How do you want to do this? You want to go into the fire or do you want to like kind of ease in? You want to you know, dip your toe in the water? And I'm like, no, man, I want to go fucking head first into the f- I want to go into the fire because that's where the gold is. That's where the alchemy is, man, in, in, into the into that pain. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got started. And um, for the listener and. I want to I want to zoom out really quickly because I think you touch yeah. on a lot of valuable things here. So stop, stop me if this doesn't feel like what you were saying, but what I what I'm getting is this sense of, hey, masculinity, like stepping into your adulthood as a man. Mm. Um, we often hear that it's this process of you got to toughen up, right? Like, don't let those mm-hmm. feelings get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're discussing here is, hey the most warrior shit you can do is face your experience full on. Don't run from it. Don't try to cover yourself up with other things that will alter your experience. You face that shit. You surrender to it and allow it to pass through you and see, hey, on the other side, the only thing that remains is fucking me. Mm. And when you have that kind of strength, that's where masculinity really lies. Like this is mm. the core of what we are brought here to represent as men. It's not that we're trying to suppress everything that happens and put on a brave face. No, it's, yeah. it's the actual bravery of this is the experience. I'm not going to shirk away from it. Let's face this shit. Yo, man, th- that was powerfully put, Rob. Like I have tears in my eyes, honestly, like listening to you say that it, the courage having the courage to, to be with your experience and not mask it. That's exactly it. And that's the process of maturation. That's little, little boys, you know, that's okay for a young, a young boy to behave that way. But if you want to become a man, it's, it takes courage. And it also takes, you know, men to lead these young boys through the process. So for me, my process of maturation, the men that I surrounded myself with early on were not men like what I'm talking about in this men's group. I'm, I was surrounded by drug addicts, alcoholics, degenerate gamblers, people who were not safe, people who would kick your ass, you know, they steal from you and you know, rob from you. That's not that, or like what, what, what other choices do young people have? Uh, gang members, you know, you could be join a gang or you can join a fraternity, which is, you know, that's even or is equally as <laughs> awful the things that they do. You know, this yeah. is not about being shamed or um, getting getting you drunk to the point where, you know, they strip you naked and like, you know, I don't know, whack your genitalia. This is not that at all, man. But that's that's what but that's what fucking men do. And, and you want to wonder why men are so fucked up? Well, look at their options. But the options have 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 grown exponentially, man. There are men's group. There are things out there that, that men can do. And I, for all the listeners out there that are men, I mean, like I said, at 53 is when I went through my rite of passage um, to be an, an initiated man. You know, what that means to me is, you know, I, I left behind boy psychology and I, and it's a process. If I, as a man, I feel like I'm a cake. And I will, I will never. That was, that be was done. unexpected. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I will never be done baking. So at fifty-three, mm. I've been through many rites of passage and many awakenings and many processes. But done in a group of elders, I'm gonna 
can I share an experience with you, Rob? It, it was a, it was a breakthrough for me. Yeah, go for it. So one of the um, one of the processes we were out in this uh, land in West Texas is called the land of my grandfathers in 2018 or 2019, and they had sweat lodges. So there are men that study and you know pour themselves into how to build a sweat lodge and then not just that like the the story behind it the the uh the history behind it first of all i am deathly afraid of enclosed places um so a little bit of claustrophobia i guess um and i don't like spiders so this is the dead of summer in texas it's probably 105 degrees and then they want me to crawl into this tiny you know space with a door you know that's just enough to crawl into and there are um, spiders, they were, uh, I forget what kind, they were so big that, and they were carrying babies on their back. And I, I'm oh. talking like, this was worse than a tarantula, Rob. So my greatest fear, I'm facing all of them. So I'm like, all right, I can do this. And I get in and, I, and they're like, anybody who has any issues, just sit by the door so you can get out. You know, this is not like, we're going to make you stay in there and until you're screaming and crying. And no, they're like, hey, man, we understand there's no worries. So I got in there. I sat for as long as I could, you know, my, my monkey mind took over and I was like, I got to get out. I got to get out of here. I saw spiders. It was too hot. My mind just took over. I, I didn't have the capacity to control it. So I got out. And as I get out, I look up and my good friend, my brother, Dave Davis is sitting on this chair on a bench next to a cooler of water. And I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling um, uh, all these difficult emotions. Shame was the biggest one. And then my inner critics like, man, Jesus Christ, you know, what's wrong with you? Can't even do this man looks into my eyes. And this is what he says to me. He goes, Scott, it's pretty hot in there, huh? I said, yeah, it was. He goes, couldn't, couldn't stay. Could you? I'm like, nah, he goes, me neither have a seat. And he sits next, I sit next to him. And he just calmed me and soothed me and held me with love and compassion and understanding, handed me a bottle of water. He goes, yeah, I get it, man. I couldn't do it either. He put his arm around me and all of the voices in my head, because it wasn't happening anywhere else, just subsided. And I was held and it was medicine, Rob. And it was so beautiful uh, to just be loved by another man in a way that was non-shaming, non-blaming, just non-judgmental. It was beautiful. And I'll never forget that moment for the rest of my life. So I feel like that's what young men need in their lives because, you know, in, in our, in our childhood, we may not have been loved unconditionally. You know, our parents did the best they could. Our fathers, you know, some, some kids don't have fathers. So um, that was a defining moment in me um, just transitioning, you know, like, wow, they're, it just felt so good to be seen that way and loved that way. Uh, so I think that's really important and it's important work. You know, it was easier for me to be with my experience when I wasn't judging myself or someone else wasn't judging me. I could just be fully who I was. The armor came off, the masks came off. I felt the shame. I felt the fear. I felt everything. And then right there after being, after feeling it, there was a, a man with no judgment and just held me. And I was like, wow, man, powerful. super healing. Yeah, it was super powerful. 
And so for you listening right now, I'm going to break down like, why, why is this valuable? Because on the surface, if you look at it, it's like, oh, well, some stuff happened and it sounds like Scott had a good time. Why would that be valuable to me? Um, and so I'm going to bring it home. Um, when we look at the way that we do relationships, that's kind of one of the biggest patterns of all, right? Um, and if you, if you look at your relationship history, one of the things that I have clients do a lot is like, hey, list down every relationship you have, write down the name of the person you were dating. Now, tell me why that relationship ended. And as you do that, you can begin to see a pattern. And, and for me, it was like every single woman that I ever dated besides the first one, who, and, 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 and this is its own little pattern, right? After that, I started protecting myself. Hey, I'm going to be the one to end this first. I'm going to be the mm -hmm. one who gets restless and like, oh, well, I, you know, I want to date someone more attractive or someone who's a better fit or like in the entire time, it's like, oh shit, I was looking for someone to make me feel safe, secure, happy, held, fulfilled. In beginning to take on relationships where it's okay for us to be in breakdown, to have like the shame and the pain and everything else show up and that person is still in our lives, that begins to build this foundation of endurance for the rest of our relationships and connections. If you've noticed in your life, hey, I keep on cutting people out and I keep on doing it again and again and again and it's just me now and it's lonely and I don't have people to reach out to and talk to, this is where that healing begins. Um, in, in psychology, like there's this term called pendulation. It's the idea that if you want to recover from this pattern, this pain that you've had in the past that continues to show up again and again and again, the first thing you need to do is re-experience that pain. You actually mm. amplify it. You make it worse. You sit in the middle of that fire and you're like, fuck, this hurts. And then you do stuff to take care of that pain. So it swings mm. back around until it gets less and less and less and less intense, until you're back at a place where you feel actually pretty good. That's demonstrating to your system, hey, I got you, we have this, I am mm. safe here, regardless of what's happening. And that's how we begin to interrupt that pattern of, well, I gotta run away from this thing. Like when, when I was starting businesses at first, I, I started up like five or six of them and all of them were good ideas, but they all kept on failing. Common denominator, me quitting because I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. I didn't get enough traction. I didn't believe in myself. But if we break it down, hey, that's just the fight or flight response. And I'm fleeing the mm. scene. Mm. So the reason why we, br we bring up all of these things is because it might not seem like it on the surface, but your emotions determine whether or not you stick with the things that you commit to. And if you want to accomplish anything, then it's really important that you have a community of men around you that can help you with that pendulation, that you learn to sit in the fire on your own in case those people aren't available to hold space for you. And I think to bring up this final component, and I'm going to pass it back to you, man. I think what you, what you bring attention to here is that, you know, with masculinity, it's not all about just like eating the next wound and like grinning and bearing it, gritting your teeth and walking and like, now you take the next wound and I'm a man and ha, like someone <laughs> shot me five times and I'm still walking. <laughs> Sometimes it can be, but it, yeah. it is also about allowing yourself enough compassion and kindness to yeah. slow down and fucking heal. Like, hey, you just got shot five times. Maybe we don't slog up the hill for a little bit while you recover. Go easy on yourself. And then when you're strong again, you take on the burdens and struggles when you have the option. 
I love that, Rob. That's man. Hearing that just reminded me, I forget that a lot. Like that's a big component in healing is, is loving yourself and being kind to yourself and realizing like, man, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot, man. And uh, it's okay. You, like you said, I just got shot five times. I'm going to, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to rest a little bit. It's okay. I don't have to go on to the next. I don't have to run up that hill right now. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to address these wounds. And one other thing is what I've noticed is as I've evolved consciously as a man, I'm attracting different types of women into my life in the and I, I understand more now my role in leadership that I must be modeling this, like what I want to see in her. I have to be that man. So what I've noticed is there's a lot less pain in relationship for me because I'm showing up differently. Um, I'm becoming the man that, you know, that I want to, well, they say you become the, the person you want to attract. So I'm definitely noticing that I'm doing that and it takes work. And I think there's something to be said about being in relationship with a woman, um, that can hold space for you. There are some, a lot of healing there. Cause a lot of my childhood trauma, um, was around, uh, you know, from women. Um, and so when somebody, when a, another woman who's conscious can hold space for you, it, it's the same, just being in relationship with someone who has compassion for you and isn't shaming and blaming you and can see you and accepts you warts and all. Um, there's been a lot of healing in my last relationship. Um, yeah, a lot of deep healing in with this woman. Uh, and she's still in my life, man. And we're friends and you know her. Um, I just, I, every, I thought about bailing. I thought about bailing on the relationship and I'm so grateful that I stayed um, because I, I was running from my emotions. What she brought up in me was nothing I'd, I'd felt in probably from childhood, like up until meeting her. And it brought everything to the surface. And I thought to myself, this is the work that I need to do if I run from this. And, and having some boundaries too, like running away from the relationship wasn't going to make me better, feel better. It was just going to alleviate the pain for a little while. So I kept facing it. And I'm like, what is this about me that I can't deal with? And um, it was just very healing, man, very healing. So I think that's, we are hurt in relationship. And how you heal is in relationship. And ultimately, what I think I heard you say, Rob, is having sovereignty where you have your own back first. You, it's my responsibility as a man, because I'm in a, a male body. If you're a woman, it'd be the same to, to tend to myself and to my, my needs. I can't expect anyone out there to meet my needs. I can ask for that. But if I have an expectation and they they say no, then I'm going to be let down. So ultimately it comes back to me to be able to take good care of myself and be with my experience and ask for help when needed. So if I need love, it comes from inside of me. If I need um, co I, compassion, like you said, it comes from inside of me. If I need connection, it comes from sitting and meditating connecting to myself uh so everything comes from within and then you can extend it outward that's yeah. at least my take yeah i would agree with that i feel like and, and this is a personal opinion it's not it's not going to be everyone's truth but i felt like once i learned to sit with my own emotions first 
uh, it became easier to be in connection with people who could like, you know, be there with me while I was having my reaction. But mm. first I needed to learn to like, hey, can I pump the brakes by myself instead of needing to rely on this person to be perfect? Because, you know, people people try their best, but they a lot of us have as wonky a grasp on our emotions as everyone else. Like it's, mm. it's not easy being with someone who's angry. And to, to be in a container with someone who's angry um, and not react, that takes, that takes a lot. Um, if you have those people in your life, fucking treat them right. It's, it, you're going to mess up, but mm -hmm. always go back and clean up because th those, are, those, those connections are so valuable. That person being there with you is an act of love. Mm. Um, so I, I think, though, before you delve into that territory, Hey, build safety for yourself. Learn to do it on your own first. Acquire that skill so that when you are with that other person, they don't have to do as much heavy lifting to be with you. It, it always helps. It's a lovely experience when someone can be like the oak tree in the storm. Uh, but ultimately, we want that skill too for first for ourselves. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exact. You're exactly right. That's that is a tool in a skill that I've cultivated over a long period of time, experience a lot of pain and it is a superpower. It, it is my, I feel like it's my personal responsibility. It's every human being's personal responsibility to be the oak tree. If, what if, we, if everyone was an oak tree and we could be with each other and understand one another and, and not uh, react, I think it's, it's one of the, honestly, it's one of the sexiest, uh, most, compassionate, uh, loving things that I've learned to do for myself and then extend it out to others. I love being with a woman, especially that when her anger comes up, I call it the, the tornado. When, the, when her emotion, when she comes with that whirlwind and it's coming at me, man, and, and I'm just not moving, man. I'm so rooted in myself and bring it all. And I tell, I, bring that you're it's welcome here i want you to bring your tears and your anger and your whatever and just being able to hold that makes me feel more like a man than than anything i've ever experienced man that is one of the most powerful masculine things that i've experienced in my life mental and, and for other men too for other men too it's easy to get reactive with other dudes man for me and being safe for other men and not being reactive. It, for the listener, when somebody's in their anger and in this place of, you know, like they turn into a, a different human being than what you, what you know, mm. it's a hurt little boy, a hurt little girl. They're, they're, re, they're reverting back or they're going back to a place that's way younger. And if you care about this person, you know that you, you know that about them. And if you react to that, then it's just two little kids on the playground reacting to one another. Um, so it is a skill. It can be taught. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful things I think on the planet to witness and to be a part of man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had that space held for me only, well, a few times by women and every single time it created so much draw and attraction to them. Mm. Um, yeah, there was, there was so much connection on the other side of that. 
And I've, I've heard similar sort of feedback on when I have been capable of providing that space. It is yeah. one of the most attractive things you can do. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think that's pretty much... For, for me, I feel like we've covered the whole field and we've gone into depth in a lot of different places. We've gone mm. from very basic to very, very advanced in terms of practice. So, yeah, I, I feel like this is probably complete for me. Is there anything else you want to throw in here? Yeah, I would just want to add one more thing. Like, I, I'm getting ready to go out on a date tonight, man, and uh, been in communication with this woman. I've known her for a little while. I've been asking her out. I think we've been missing each other. And... I got a text from her and she accepted the, the date to dinner tonight. And one of her, one of the response that really got me was she goes, I really appreciate your patience, patience and understanding uh, and your ability to make me feel safe. Hmm. And that had me just feeling so good. So man, that's a, that's, they can, women know when you're up to something. And you're not authentic and you're trying to get laid or you're trying to pull a fast one or whatever. And for me, that I'm not about that life. Like I, I, I want a woman to feel safe with me because there was a point in my life where I was not a safe space man and I was explosive. So every time I hear that out of a woman's mouth or it could be a, a kid or another man or whatever. But for me, I just want to say that this is our responsibility. Take care of your inner world. And then protect others, man. Because I know from an evolutionary standpoint, women pick bigger men, you know, because they want to be protected. And what I've noticed is they pick these fucking guys and the guys and the and who they need to be protected from. If you don't have emotional intelligence, he can protect her from all those other men physically, but not from himself. Mm. So I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there are some women out there that are wincing at that right now because they know. Yeah. But I think you raise a really important point. Um, women see this, they've been craving it. Um, there's been a, a, like, this is sort of like a dominant theme that shows up in romance novels. It's a theme that shows up in the BDSM community, which has been getting a lot of attention from women, probably because of romance novels. But it's mm -hmm. a similar sort of idea. Uh, it is this unshakable dominant masculine, and not in the sense that, like, I control everything, but in the sense that no matter what situation comes up, it's not going to shake me. I'm going to be right here. Women, women have been wanting that kind of safety for a long, long time. And if you can provide that, it doesn't matter how big you fucking are, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what she's been looking for. She's looking to feel something around you, and that's it. That's a big chunk of attraction. So I'm glad that you brought that up, man. And it's always nice hearing that coming directly from women. Um, yeah. I get that feedback sometimes. It's like, fuck, yeah, this is this is it. This is the thing that I was missing back in my 20s. Yeah, because I am a fucking animal. And that, you know, I could lose it at any. But I, I have that under control. Jordan Peterson says that. And, and I don't I, I I'm going to quote him, but I, I not verbatim um, that he says, you know, uh, like a docile man is 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 not a, a safe man, but a man who's like a fucking animal and has that under control voluntarily you know is is a is a safe man like that's the work that we're doing man i was a volatile like you know whatever soft dude i could be explosive and i didn't have it under control right once i got it under control it's like 
I have, I feel like fully integrated, you know? I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, this has been, yeah, this has been legit. Um, and if you're, if you're wanting to delve more into this kind of work, of course, Mankind Project is up to that. And Scott is as well. Um, and you can reach him. I'm going to put his contact information in the description down below this podcast. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we love that you're here. Uh, we love you and we will catch you. Actually, I shouldn't speak for you, Scott, but I will catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Anything you want to sign off with? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm looking at starting an online men's circle. Uh, there's been a, there's been a few men have reached out guys that I know that are struggling a little bit and are looking to, to gain these skills. So yeah, if you're interested, hit me up and I plan on being back here next Thursday as well, for sure. Um, I love being here. I love, uh, I love that you, uh, you want us here, man, that you're, that the listeners getting some value from this and, uh, feel free to DM, you know, reach out, ask questions. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything at all. Like I'd love to have a conversation with the listener and see how, you know, I can serve. So holla. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's it. Peace. Peace.